Welcome, friends and colleagues. I'd like to take today's uh, opportunity to discuss the multiple breaks theory, if I might call it that, uh, which I am using to explain uh, the sequence of events in the beginning of Paratius Genesis. Uh, as you may have picked up by now, and many times it had been referenced, uh, I see the sequence in the beginning of Genesis as a series of breaks or failures and solutions. In other words, there is a failure. This is foreshadowed by everything being created as pairs and then separating in the initial story of creation. Then every solution fails and another solution is proposed and it also fails. And ultimately the final solution is the creating of a nation that will bear God's message and teachings to the world. And then we start uh, with telling how that has uh, worked out and failed and worked out and uh, the whole rest of the Bible, uh, the, the Hebrew Bible, is about that. All right. Well, I went back uh, and uh, looked and I find seven breaks. Uh, I'm not the first one who proposed such an idea. Uh, the, in his introduction, the Siporna, one of the most important commentators and the Hebrew Bible proposes a similar idea, but in, in relation to economics and agriculture. Uh, nevertheless, it's a good precedent for an idea of multiple steps. So what are these steps? So I found seven, and today I'd like to discuss three of them and uh, show that many, many previous readers of the Bible had seen uh, these breaks, and uh, when they were looking for the one major fall, uh, they would use one of these three breaks. Uh, quite possibly, with further research, we might find that the other four breaks are also present in Jewish literature. Uh, literature is vast. But for now, let me just show three. Okay. So, I counted... Seven. Number one, the division of men and women. As we discussed, uh, men and women were created as one, and then they were separated. Woman was first called Isha, part of Ish men, and then she became the mother of all life. Now she has her own unique purpose. Number two, the best well-known, that's even called the fall, in Western thinking, it's disobeying God and eating the fruit of the tree of knowledge. Three, Cain and Hevel, Cain kills Abel, and that's a destructive point. Four, the moral degeneration before the flood. Five, Nephilim, the mysterious fallen ones that I mentioned in that narrative. Six, the flood, and seven, the Tower of Babel. 
I would mention also that the solution to the Tower of Pavel appears to have been creation of the nations, and that seems to be the final solution. I know, I know, we live in a globalist mentality, uh, and the West at this point um, detests and dislikes the idea of separate nations. However, it's clear in the Bible that there are nations that are God-given, they have different cultures, and they have rules of how they should behave with one another. But that's for another time. Okay, so let's focus on the three of them. The first one would be the idea of the fall, certainly the most common one, very central to Christianity. The, the man and woman ate from the tree of knowledge, and they had fallen, and therefore their nature has irreversibly changed so that they're sinful, and at least in Protestant theology, are incapable of redeeming themselves. They can only redeem themselves through faith in a savior. Uh, the, there's, a, there's a role of Satan that is, is, is really central to this. Satan is uh, a, the being that brought this about. Uh, <clears throat> now, while there are some passages in Pirke de Rabbi Eliezer that involve uh, Satan in the process, uh, it is certainly not otherwise present. And Jewish understanding of Satan in general is very far from the Christian understanding of it. Uh, we have really only uh, three mentions of Satan in the Hebrew Bible. There is best known as Job in chapter 1. Satan gets permission from God to test Job. Story of Balaam. Balaam. Uh, it's the angel who confuses Bilam's donkey, uh, and and acts as an adversary to Bilam. But again, he's sent by God. In Zechariah, uh, when Joshua, the high priest, stands before God, and God says, "Igar, Satan, God shall rebuke Satan, rebuke you, Satan." Uh, so in all of this. Um, the Satan is viewed as God's messenger. Now, in Christianity, on the other hand, uh, he's seen as 2 Corinthians 4, 4, ruler of the world. Uh, John 12, 31, Satan is the god of this world. Uh, the theology seems to be that uh, the believers are saved from Satan, from Satan, but the non-believers are completely in his power. Well, what's the Jewish view of, of this uh, being? So as I already said, the mainstream view seems to be as an angel uh, who serves to tempt people. Uh, but beyond that, uh, there is a uh, concept that eating from the tree of knowledge internalized the Eitzahara. What is Eitzahara? It is usually translated as evil inclination. And there are two views. Uh, Israel Salanter in Oris Roll, he was the initiator of the Muslim movement, and um, he basically points out that there are arguments for seeing Eitzahara as an outside force, and there are arguments 
for seeing it as an internal combination of humans' desires and wishes. One sometimes sees people doing illogical and harmful things to themselves in pursuit of power or glory. Uh, so it cannot, it must be done an outside force that forces people to do illogical things. On the other hand, very often we see people acting differently in different situations. Some people are prone to certain sins and other people are prone to other sins. That must be because it comes from inside their nature. And just as people are different, so they are as different. Uh, the first position he ascribes to Ashkenazic Rishonim, early scholars, medieval ages, and the second to the Sephardic scholars. And he concludes that actually both are right. There is both an outside force. In fact, this as a force has an influence beyond individuals. It can affect countries, movements, um, changes in mentality, um, as perhaps we're seeing at our times. Uh, and uh, there is also <coughs> a power within us which represents the combination of our uh, various inclinations and proclivities. Uh, as the example of the position that it's purely internal, I will uh, quote to you the Rambam Maimonides in the Guide for Perplexed, 322, in his discussion of Eov, he says that the whole story of Satan is inspired fiction. And he describes there how and why. This really it implies that there is no such thing as Satan, but this deity teaches us a lesson through a story. Okay. So you can see that this central thing is is a subject disagreement. Um, uh, generally, in, in Jewish tradition, the the weight is uh, much more to it being an internal force. Some say internal force that entered the human being with the sin, and others is just the way he's created. The uh, minority position is probed in a very interesting work. Uh, by Ishai Rosenzvi, entitled Book of Demonic Desires, Yetzer Hara, and the Problem of Evil in Late Antiquity. Book is uh, hard to get, uh, but in Chapter 1, he also traces it back to the disagreement between the schools of Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shmuel. Uh, this Tanayim uh, had different views. Rabbi Akiva Understood Yetzer Hara as being that being being solely self-interest, and Rabbi Shmuel saw it as a demonic but internalized being. Sort of uh, reminds me of uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. One way they treat OCD is by teaching its victims to think of a little green, green man inside. It's not I who wants to do this repetitive thing. It's that little green man. And through this visualization, uh, one can reject uh, impulses to rep repetitive, obsessive, or compulsive behavior. Now, <coughs> uh, 
I, I think that ultimately um, the the view that uh, has been accepted and certainly represents our modern conception is a view that downgrades the demonic aspect. Uh, and uh, there's good reasons for that. In Baratius Rabbah, Rabbi Yaakov says that one should not make a beginning of a chapter by uh, the verse, and the serpent was smarter from all the beasts of the field. Uh, basically, the verse that initiates the narrative about the eating from the tree. Uh, our chapter headings were developed by Stephen Langton, who from France, who became the Archbishop of Canterbury. Until that time, there were no chapter headings. So this is not, our chapter headings are not Jewish in origin. Uh, for various reasons, which we won't discuss now, it became necessary to have these chapter headings. So this uh, individual, uh, Langton, is actually well known because he headed the rebellion of the barons against the king in England, out of which came the well-known Magna Carta, the first constitutional uh, approach to limiting the monarchs, a monarch's uh, power. So Biakov says that we should not make a narrative there, uh, stop there. We should not make a chapter heading. Uh, Langton actually dividing a chapter into sevens, which I find curious. Uh, because it underscores how uh, Jewish practice continued to have such an influence on Christianity and Christian practice. Uh, we that th that has been dropped. Now you just have chapters. But of course, division of a chapter into sevens is modeled to me after the reading of the Torah on Shabbos, where you divide the portion of the week into seven aliyos. Okay. Just to close off the discussion, um, this this is the most famous example of a particular break on which everything hangs. Uh, that is not our approach. Our approach is a multiple uh, breaks with solutions that don't work. Okay, second, second. Uh, Breakpoint would be Cain and Abel, Cain and Hevel. Uh, there are all these uh, now pretty much forgotten uh, understandings that Cain is the offspring of Satan, uh, that serpent mentioned in the Bible. Zohar to 30, page 36b to 37a. Um, basically says, like John 8.44, the devil is your father. Um, it, it explains that um, the, the strange verse, Kanisi Isha Sashem, uh, Eve says, I acquired a man with the Lord, who is the Lord, uh, it implies that there's maybe another Lord, or maybe it's uh, a second Lord, and um, there are also there are also 
hints to uh, sexual contact, uh, the snake enticed me and I ate, etc. In Shar Hagigulim, the Ari, chapter 29, part 1, I'm quoting, had Adam waited until the night of the Shabbos, the world would have been rectified. Since he did not, and Cain was born with a mixture of good and evil. Had Cain not sinned, he and his twin sisters could have been Chochma and Bina, and Hevel and his sister would have been Tiferes and Malchus. I don't want to get into the Kabbalistic issue here, but uh, the underlying uh, concept is that instead of having ten Sephiris, we would have had six of them basically flattened out. That means that God would have been so much closer, so much more acceptable, uh, so available and accessible uh, had there not been this break. The third break that I want to discuss that others had seen as the fulcrum of the entire story, again, we do not follow that approach here, but that would be of the fallen angels. And what I mean specifically is the book of giants. <clears throat> so what I'm trying to show is that people have been reading the biblical narrative and trying to interpret it, and they had seen the concept of the fall and restoration, uh, and they would try to find a single point in which, uh, in which it was located or localized. So the fallen angels, there's a curious book called the Book of Giants, there's a reference to this in the book of uh, Enoch. And the full version of the book is was written by somebody called Mani. His followers were called Manichians. They lived in Persia. And they're early in the second century. And he was some kind of a, uh, probably a combination of, of uh, traditional Jewish uh, is seen and maybe early Christian ideas. Curiously, some fragments very similar to it, to this book were found in the Dead Sea Scrolls written in Aramaic. So this is going back quite a bit and he was uh, continuing a certain tradition. In this idea, uh, the his understanding was that Angels were sent to instruct human beings, but they became corrupted and instead increased violence and sexual impropriety, treating the human race as a secondary race, enslaved it and abused it. Uh, and Enoch brought a prophecy to them from God that they will be destroyed, but they refused to obey it. At least most of them refused to obey it. As a result, uh, the destruction of the flood has come. So, all I'm trying to show here is that there are multiple potential falls uh, in the this narrative of Genesis that we're reading. Not only one, and that extending the Sipornas approach, it seems to me very logical to see it as a process of failure and restoration, which in itself fails. And then there's another attempt to restore until the final uh, restoration, the final solution, if it's used that unfortunate term, would be 
to create a nation that would then, despite all persecution and all suffering, would keep the idea of God and God's law alive in the world. I, I will make one last point. Uh, I, it's basic to Judaism to to believe in this idea. Uh, specifically, Siporna again uh, expresses this idea and the verse in Exodus Uh, just prior to the giving of the Torah at Sinai, Hashem says to his people that you will be for me a kingdom of priests and holy nation. This would be in Genesis 19.6. He says, Mamlachis Kohanim, Lehavinu Leharos, Likol Hamin Hayanoshi, Likrokulum Bashem Hashem, to understand and to teach the whole humankind that all should call in the name of the Lord, Ulavdosh Hamachat, and believe Him as one portion, Kumo Shia in Israel, like would be the situation of Israel in the future. As it says, "Vatem kahane Hashem tikro, you shall be called priests of the Lord." Isaiah 61, 6. Ukam like it said, that from Zion shall go out the teaching. There in Isaiah 2, 3. Now the Siporno says that that will be in the future. It doesn't say that the charge to educate and teach only starts in the future. Uh, and certainly the Hirschian philosophy, Rav Shimshin Raphael Hirsch, is that this has always historically been the charge of the Jewish people. Uh, we, we are part of the world. We're deeply uh, intertwined with it because we teach it. Uh, we are the ones who are impossible to destroy, who will always persist and will always keep this idea alive and it will come out and influence the rest of the world, which is what I think clearly, historically, we had seen. But at the same time, there is a view that, yes, this is our function, and you can read the Siforna saying, but not now, only in the future. I'll cite my own example. Uh, a number of years ago, uh, I began exploratory work with a very... Uh, respectable scholar uh, recreating uh, a Torah Derech Haaretz, a Hershian philosophy-based school that would view uh, secular studies as a part of our church and etc. etc. everything that is Hershian in philosophy. Uh, now is not the time to describe this philosophy, but uh, I was educated in it, and uh, the world seems to cry out for its restoration. Uh, so we spoke to to the we spoke to to very uh, well-known uh, descendant of Rav Hirsch, who took it to the 
Novominska Rebbe, the Yaakov Perlau, Alof Shalom, of blessed memory, who only recently passed away, who was in his younger years the Rosh Hashiva in the Breuer's community. He said that two things. He gave advice not to proceed. First, there was a practical problem. People will see it as watering down your commitment to both things. It's just not a well-understood philosophy nowadays. And they will say what it means is, oh, you're going to create a school for weak boys, not very intelligent boys, and you'll teach them Torah and vacation. You'll teach them vacational skills. That, that's how Torah their Herod school will be perceived, which will be a big practical hurdle. The second thing you said, as far as Hirschian philosophy and teaching it, this it's not yet the time. Basically, like Siforna appears to say, or could be interpreted to say, could be interpreted uh, otherwise. Uh, our our job right now, since the exile, in, is to hunker down and absorb the blows and wait for the messianic redemption. Once the messianic redemption comes, then we will teach the nations. But right now, we should essentially build walls, hunker down, and try to preserve ourselves until the time we can execute our function. Thank you for listening, and may you know only blessings.